When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Halo universe is filled with wonder, mystery, and fascinating discoveries around every corner. With so much to explore, four friends decided it was about time that they boot up the consoles and discuss this universe that has grabbed their attention since childhood. Jumperscape Audio kindly welcomes you to join them in the library. Welcome one and all back to the library. I'm in a brand new room and these guys are supposedly in the same room they've always been since the start of this show. Welcome back. We're talking this week about the profits. If you don't know about the profits, you probably never played a Halo game and you shouldn't be on this episode. You should really just go all the way back to the first one or just don't listen to this show because most of it doesn't make much sense if you don't play the games and you should just go play the games. There's a lot of consoles and a lot of places to find it these days. Buy the Master Chief Collection. It just got an update. Just do that. It, you're basically just undermining your... Don't worry about it. Anyway. <clears throat> the Sanshayum. What, what are those? Uh, class. Profits. That's some... That's Yeah, I mean, that's that's true. That's true. There's not they all got, of them. They got the balls on their chin. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, James, how much how much do you know about the the San Shayum? How much have you have you seen about those guys? Uh, um, they're dirty liars. <laughs> I hate them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Clear Sangheili fan over here. <laughs> and and um, they 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 did they did the things. And they, they they did. I don't. They did well, some of the things. That's a pretty simple uh, way of putting it. You'd probably be a fan of the Stoics. Speaking of the Stoics, there once was a long time ago in time. In a galaxy far, far away. Actually, it was in this one. Dang. So you see, James, this is mostly directed to you because I'm going to try today with this episode to help you get over your hatred of Sanchayum. Okay. Okay. All right. I don't know if it'll work. I, I it cannot won't. promise a single thing. But I'm hoping that after today, you will be more understanding. And maybe someday in the future, we can get a recorded apology from you. But the, no. <laughs> Never. They have apologized to me. It's a losing battle. Okay. So here's the deal. 
picture yourself on a completely different planet that you can't completely picture because we don't know what exactly the planet looks like. We have a pretty good idea and that's about it. So there is a picture of the surface when they're fighting. But anyway, uh, so it is a very long time ago. We're talking like we were still cavemen in in the B.C. times. Um, not really cavemen. No, we really weren't cavemen. We were pretty, pretty sophisticated by this point because this was roughly about like like 2000 B.C. We're talking like that time. It wasn't really all if we're talking like human history. Not all that long ago. Um, however, you know, with the formation of the covenant, the covenant were formed well before we had even anything in terms of uh, global society. I mean, like Romans were still a thousand years out. So, you know, they had a little bit of a one up on us. But that's what you get when you get forerunner technology literally on your front doorstep. So. uh Pretty much the gist of it, the forerunners had activated the rings. We already covered that one. Things got blown up. Things, well, not really blown up. They got erased, deleted, if you will. And when that happened, everything was left behind. And it just so happened that the forerunners had left a dreadnought, the ship from Halo 2 and Halo 3 that the Prophet of uh, Truth was using to get around. That ship was just stuck on the, the Sanghealy homeworld, Sanghealy, Sanchayam homeworld. Uh, I don't remember what the name of that planet is, but it's fine. So basically the, oh wait, there it is. It's a uh, Janjurkom, I want to assume is how you uh, pronounce that planet. I probably got it horribly wrong. It's fine. Here. Uh, Sounds about right. Here, sto- astute listener. J-A-N-J-U-R-Q-O-M. Just. Go with that one. <laughs> so uh, the Stoics were a, a formation of Sanghili, the majority of Sanghili. I keep doing this. Sanshayum, the majority of the Sanshayum population. Don't slander the Sanghili like I'm that. sorry. I'm trying. Okay, listen. The Stoics. <laughs> they yeah, were you're not you're doing a great job here. Listen, I'm, <laughs> when you try to host, you want you want you guys want to host this show at some point in the future? Just like I hand you the topic and you guys try to come up with something. Let's do it right now. Okay, tell me who were the Stoics. All right, um, they were Stoic. So James, I'm I'm gonna take over um, Austin's goal to try to sway you to the side of the Sanchayum. So here we have um, the uh, the prophets, right? Or the 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 Sanchayum. They're not prophets at this point because you know the covenant haven't been formed. You can't really be a prophet of a uh, an organization or a, a belief that doesn't exist yet. So you got this, you got the San Shayum here on their own little planet off in the distance and they find the forerunner stuff. And then as you do, you decide, Hey, we got to do something with this, but not everybody wanted to do something with it. So you have the San Shayum that wanted to investigate and learn from the forerunner technology by using it and expanding on it. And then you have the San Shayum that just wanted to worship it. They're like, this is the technology of the gods. We must not touch it. We must not defile it. And then they fought um, because they couldn't decide. So the, uh, of course, there was the group 
of San Shayum that decided to leave using the Dreadnought, and then there was the group that decided to stay because they uh, were too afraid to use the Dreadnought. And those were the Stoics, who didn't want to do anything with the Forerunner stuff because it was holy. Um... Do I continue hosting now? <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I mean, you, you covered the Stoics rather well. Let's uh, go. So okay. That, well, uh, what happened to them? Well, you see, uh, you see, the the Stoics and the Reformists. Uh, the Re Reformists, of course, you know, Dreadnought is pretty cool. We want it, but the Stoics, but no, that's that's not the point. And the Reformists go, we are lit Reformists are in our name. What do you think is going to happen? So. <laughs> reformists they they want it they want that dreadnought they want the forerunner technology stoics <laughs> are upset it. and so the stoics and the reformists have a very peaceful brutal bloody war and uh this specific conflict was called the war of the wills because you know what will i do with this dreadnought <laughs> so <laughs> so it's a civil war, a very long civil war, a very, very long civil war. And during this... Do you this, know how long? No. Oh. Uh, maybe I could find out, but it, it was it was like 100 years bottom line, probably, like around there, about 100 years. Goodness. Um, so the, uh, the thing is, though, a thousand of these reformists stormed into the Dreadnought and they occupied it. And the Stoics, I mean, they were looking at this and like, dang, they're, they're in there. They're about to just take it. What do we do? <laughs> and so the Stoics are just like, well, obviously we need to fire upon him. But then, you know, they're also like, wait a minute, we can't fire upon it. That's forerunner technology. That would just be outright sacrilegious. And it's like, yeah, but they're about to take off without it. Like, they're about to take off with our and stuff. And then they had another civil war between the people who wanted to shoot at it and the people who didn't want to shoot at it. <laughs> the peaceful Stoics and the violent Stoics. <laughs> uh, Three-way civil war. So, basically, the reformists, um, well, there was nothing that could be done. The Stoics basically just stood back and watched as this dreadnought left the atmosphere. And to this day, they have never seen it again. Um... To, to this day, as far as we're aware, the reformists have yet to leave the planet. So they've just been the kind of. Yes, the Stoics have yet to leave the planet. I'm reading the words reformists. I'm, I'm like saying stuff. So it's it's I'm blinded. Um, so the Stoics have yet Except to leave for some of the females, but we haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. So with the Stoics staying there, first of all, they they get to keep the uh, the actual like pure Sanchayum uh, gene pool which it, it, that's going to be important later because the reason why prophets look the way that they are it's a very funny reason but it's also very gross <laughs> um so essentially the reformists took off with the dreadnought they end up eventually running into the Huragok, those engineers from odst uh, and these, these Huragok and a cartographer, they all work together. Eventually they're able to activate, activate a device in the dreadnought called a luminary. And these reformists use this ship to go to other worlds that have forerunner relics, thus starting the obsession with finding them. 
And it's also through this that they end up running into the Sangheili. They get into a war with the Sangheili. It does not last very long because they're severely outgunned. Uh, it does not matter how much the Sangheili outnumbered the Sanchayum. The Sanchayum are essentially like they're they're way above the Sangheili at this point. So uh, through the the eventual peace that's made between the two uh, called the Writ of Union, these two species recognized that they were now just one unit and thus became the Covenant. That was question though. Hmm. The Sangheili at that point were similar to the Stoic um, Sanshayum in that they also sort of just wanted to worship the Forerunner stuff and not really use it, right? Basically, yeah. Yeah. They like they were curious. They were more curious than most, but they never really interacted with it. And I don't know if that's because of religious reasons or if it's just like, we don't know how to use this. Why would we even try? Um, but once they had run into real forerunner stuff that's being used against them, there wasn't really much that could be done about that. So, uh, once the writ was made though, that was roughly, uh, not even roughly, that is exactly 852 BC. Um, the covenant has begun and now we're on to where the reformists ended up and that was, they became the prophets and they have some other interesting places within the covenant but uh for the most part <clears throat> for the most part the the prophets in the covenant they they were mostly interested in trying to maintain their own species because that was going to be a little bit difficult because they only had a thousand of them and if you're going to maintain a species over the course of thousands of years with only a thousand in your in your population that's a little difficult without getting some unsavory things to happen to your future genes. <laughs> so uh, basically, uh, I can I can briefly do this and then I'll, I'll toss it back to Brian since that seems like it'd be a fun way to do this. Uh, basically, they have to they have to do this thing where they have to have this movement like this a specific this specific class called the role of celibates. Uh, and the celibates, as it would be described within that word, means they cannot reproduce. <laughs> they are not allowed uh, because there are some negative things about how they appear or how they are that they just don't want the gene pool to get muddled by them. Now, that doesn't mean that these saying and these essentially didn't have ways of satisfying their needs to so so to speak the the prophets and pretty much any other high-ranking senshayum had concubines because that's just the way that it is uh so the the specific thing with reproduction within the senshayum was so specifically controlled that it's funny because despite all their best efforts they still ended up as just hunched over ugly little things in comparison to their much more beautiful, natural, uh, stoic brethren <laughs> that are like, even the foreigners were like, the Sanchayum are gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if here, you may feel free to add on to that, Brian, while I pull up the, the next chapter of this story. Um, add on to which part? the. Well, I figured this would be a good uh, time to pull in the female aspect. Okay. Um, so yeah, as ah, he the said, female aspect, <laughs> the female aspect. So yeah, as he said, um, 
the the Sanchayuman that were the prophets were being careful about who could reproduce um, and who could not because um, didn't want stinky babies, uh, to put it nicely. And they realize we need more, we need more girls. Uh, we don't have enough. And they end up leading an expedition back to the home planet. How many years later is this? I have no idea. This is a part of the story that I have not gotten to yet. Gotcha. So this is this is many years. Like I feel I feel like it might have been a couple generations at least. Um I think the the Sanchayum alive at this point that had left um I don't think any of them had actually seen the home world. Um but they I don't remember exactly how, but they end up getting in touch with um, a group of females in a in one of the tribes of the Stoics that are interested in leaving um, for whatever of their own purposes. Um, and they end up leading an expedition back to the home planet, uh, which was a twofold expedition. One was to get another uh, another forerunner relic. I believe it might have been a luminary. Um, and the other was to, um, get a new group of females in order to reproduce with. Uh, and that was a, that was an interesting trip. The planet sort of fought <laughs> them. And the Stoics also fought them. And they realized it, it was basically one prophet. It wasn't, there, there was some prophet politics going on um as you can imagine prophetics if you will <laughs> prophetics, <laughs> prophetics. <laughs> uh, as you can imagine they uh they decided to use the hey you can't reproduce as a political weapon um and they used it against this one sanshayum to get him to lead the expedition back they sort of expected him to die um, and I think it was only two Sanshayum that went with a group of Sanghili to protect them. Um, and yeah, that was a very dangerous expedition. And I think like three, three of them made it back. Yeah. Because from what I remember, uh, you were talking about like not really knowing the surface of the planet. I believe at least the area they landed on was a very jungle-esque uh, sort of terrain. That does and, seem accurate, yeah. Yeah, and I almost get uh, Force Unleashed vibes with the plants sort of attacking them and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so that was, that was a very interesting expedition and very dangerous and uh, very sus because then they just go grab a bunch of girls and then skedaddle. But it's, they did it. Yeah, this I mean this the surprisingly enough is probably the least of the atrocities that <laughs> the the reformists committed. Oh yeah, and it wasn't even necessarily an atrocity because the females actually wanted to leave. Yeah. Uh, it was a good old, you know, run uh, what was it? It's it sounds like um sort of reminds me of what is it? Seven brides for seven brothers. 
that classic film. I love that movie. It's really good. <laughs> I haven't seen it. It's very so, good. It's, it's basically. I mean, they're probably happy to leave, but then they get there and it's like, here is your new husband. He's just this grotesque, deformed creature. And they're like, <laughs> I want to go back. Uh, the, just like Seven Brothers. <laughs> they were a little shocked when, when they showed up to, to pick him up. But uh, I, I think. I think they were getting mistreated where they were staying, and I think that was why they wanted to leave. Well, the San Shayim were never really the most uh, kind species, so that wouldn't really surprise me. Although they were strangely friendly with humans way back in the day, but that's besides the point. We've already talked about that. So, yeah, yeah we've gotten that established. How did they manage to stay around? Well, simple. You just, you just, you know, go back to your home world, pick up some ladies, and then take them back to your, you know, giant space ball thing i don't know does high charity count as a ball as a dome i think it's still under construction technically i don't know if it, it was ever really finished but i think it is finished by the time of halo 2 it just looks like it gives me major death star 2 vibes it's like yeah it looks yeah. like it's ready it's good to go but there's more you could probably add to it <laughs> you could add a bottom half <laughs> i'm just i'm wondering i'm just where's the cafe it's clearly uh. not marked they surely have multiple. You know, I've never seen them. <laughs> also, they they drink tea balls, which is just odd. Like, like, <laughs> James, please. We're trying to be an upstanding show. <laughs> Keep it together here. Anyway, don't lose it at tea balls. So. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> the prophets they were around for a while this is an interesting part about them because we've gotten that stuff established with how did they manage their gene pool but the thing is the gene pool thing was you know that was a while that 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 took some time the prophets though starting with the hierarchs that's you know the high prophets they've been around since before the covenant were actually a thing uh they were the, the three san Shayum that would be the highest of authorities everyone listened to them everyone respected their command so there's many prophets that have come and gone obviously because it's been thousands of years but the ones that we care about are prophets of mercy truth and regret uh now i want to do individual episodes on each of them just because they each have a rather interesting story especially truth but the most interesting part about prophets, at least when you look at those three, because I haven't looked enough into the other major prophets that have or high prophets that have come and gone, but their names are direct opposites of how they behave because uh, the prophet of mercy often shows no mercy. The prophet of regret shows no regret for anything that he does. And the prophet of truth basically only tells lies. <laughs> He did regret attacking humanity, as yeah. Johnson very eloquently pointed out. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from the prophets, though, they also had other ranks you could attain, like clerics, lower ranking individuals, mostly for medical needs. Uh, you had vice clerics, which were the subordinates of the cleric. Uh, you had stewards who were basically servants. Uh, they, you know, they served the prophets. You had high lords. Uh, they were basically just nobility, aristocratic, if you will. Uh, minor prophets, which they make a lot of appearances all over the place. Um, 
but for the most part they they are they basically get a fleet to themselves for the most part they command certain things across the galaxy and they have their own specific tasks that they're meant to to take on um such as the one that i'm assuming it was a minor prophet anyway it wouldn't make any sense for it to be anything else but there was one that was in uh, halo legends the babysitter where a ODST just straight up domed him because it was an assassination op. Uh, oh, yeah. That prophet was in control of supply routes that went through the Milky Way. So by killing that prophet, they essentially cut some of the supply routes that the Covenant were using. So it's it's described there that these prophets have sometimes very niche purposes, but they still are necessary and very much desired. Uh, the prophets themselves, though, the three prophets that are in charge of of everything, uh, they they do rule without any question. No one really uh, like you can't question the prophets. That's just not a thing you can do. Um, if you do, you better be ready to either fight everybody that they know or have an assassination plan, which is what truth did technically. But you are know, you questioning the hierarchs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so the thing is though is that the the prophets their whole species they have these um these special like super soldier types the san shayum have super soldiers you just don't see them very often we were really hoping that we would see one in infinite but that didn't happen um are they like the grunts that are in grunt mechs (laughs) Those those were terrifying. Um, <laughs> the growing necks are so cool, though. I love them. They're, the needler one sucked, though. That the one was the longest range needles you've ever seen. That was painful. Plus the constant taunting. I couldn't. Ugh, hate them. Oh yeah. But uh, who in the world thought to install a loudspeaker into <laughs> part of the grunts? Part of the effectiveness of the weapon. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Uh, so there were a couple moments where we saw the super soldiers, but again, not very frequently seen. Um, I don't exactly know where you find them, but they're pretty cool. They're stronger than for the most part, they're more effective than Spartans. They're just, they take every bit of technology that the covenant can muster into one being. There's not many of them. There's a very few number of them, but they're still pretty cool. Plus, they'd probably be using Forerunner technology for them. They do. Yeah. Their armor is Forerunner. Their weapons are Forerunner. Their, uh, something in their blood is mixed with Forerunner stuff. So they got all sorts of wild things going on. Humanity is mostly using what humanity can do. But for the, I mean, for almost everything that the prophets ever did, they were just moving, mooching off of the Forerunners. We already talked about humanity getting Hurrigox now, right? Yeah. Can you imagine, like, at this point, now that we have Hurgox, if the Spartans would get over their uh, their fear of letting the Hurgox near their armor, can you imagine how incredible Spartans would end up being? Way more than they are now. I'm still waiting for, like, I'm thinking, like, if Halo continues in the direction that it's going now, eventually we are going to get the plot line where Spartans are the new humans. Yeah. Because that's where it's going. That's where Halsey wanted it to be. That, the, you know, the next step of the, as a species were the Spartans. Yeah, but nobody cares about Halsey anymore. 
I, I, you know, I would beg to differ because if Oni says they don't care about Halsey anymore, they care a lot about Halsey. <laughs> Nobody cares about Halsey in the, in the form of where you want to pretend she doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> That's fair. But I think that her interests line up with quite a few others. I would think that multiple people would want to be like, yeah, this is where humanity needs to go. Because true, but it's great. Oni also decided to use her as the scapegoat of, oh, how dare someone commit these atrocities? Dr. Halsey definitely did this completely unsupervised and shouldn't have kidnapped children and stuff. I can't believe this. Uh, lock her away. And then secretly passing off a little note like it's a classroom experience. Other dude opens the note. Restart the Spartan program. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, but with volunteers this time. <laughs> so, uh, gosh, those guys. Sorry, got off track. No, you're fine. It's the the prophets saying Shayum. That's the gist of their story. Where they're at, where they're at today is dead. Um, there's really no San Shayum currently alive that were in the reformists. Uh, the Stoics are pretty much all we got left and we don't know what they're up to right now because we just don't see them. Uh, they, they aren't really interacted with. They pretty much will just stay on their planet until someone decides to intervene and be like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> um, so the the Stoics. With them still being there, this is the part where like I want I want to help you, James, OK? But for me to help you, I need to know that you're willing to help yourself. No. Okay. <laughs> so here's the thing. I need you to listen to me, but I don't know if you'll listen to me. Really? Can can Probably. I? Can I I, I, I? I can try. Okay. Thank you. So the Stoics. Listen. They didn't want what happened to the Sankhili, okay? They didn't want any of this. They're different, all right? They're literally built of every every sang Sangshayum, I'm sorry, forgive me. Every <laughs> Sangshayum that you've hated, they're dead now. They're gone. They're never they're never coming back. All of them incinerated on high charity. It's true. So does that at least help a little? No. Hashtag not all Sangshayum. Okay, why doesn't it help? It just it 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 doesn't. <laughs> All right, so James is a racist confirmed. Um... Hey there, Halo fans! Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with our friends right after these messages. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Because, bro, the Stoics didn't want this. They wanted to prevent. They were like the San Sanghili. They wanted the they wanted the the dreadnought to stay untouched. They wanted to just chill out, worship it, and let it be. Good song, but 
they they got that taken away from them by the reformists and you know this is the way i mean the reformists i'm pretty sure like not all the reformists made it on to the dreadnought so i'm pretty sure the rest of them rather arrested or executed but you know that's besides the point um the stoics are still around though and if we've run into them there's a good chance that they're actually going to be friendly so like would you be willing to you know hear them out and be like whoa i can't believe they did that we're sorry i don't think they would be sorry i think they would be i don't think they wanted what the San Shayum did to the rest of the galaxy with the covenant. They might not even I mean, even known. They might not have wanted it, but I don't think they would be sorry. They'd have been like, yeah, we we hated those guys the whole time. They're not going to be sorry for. Well, no, like not like that. Like sorry, we couldn't we couldn't have stopped them. Mm. They would probably take responsibility for that. It's possible. I would I would certainly hope they do, just because like yeah, I mean. In, in terms of losses, that's that's the one battle you shouldn't have lost. Like that kind of screwed over a lot of things by not being able to prevent a thousand a thousand. By the way, that's a massive gap in your defenses. A thousand reformists getting into yours in, into this ship that you're trying to defend with your lives. Like that's yeah. that's not that was a and also you won't be willing to just get into the ship to kill them. It's kind of just messing yeah. it up. Uh, you know what, James? I'm starting to actually starting to convert more to your your side. <laughs> <laughs> you talked yourself over to his side of the argument. I didn't even have to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like I'm thinking about this more and more. It's like, man, the San Shayum, there's a reason why they were probably friends with humanity is because humanity was actually like, you know, at least our infighting didn't last uh, you know, as long as theirs did. They just kept on fighting. I mean, ours didn't technically end. I mean, technically, it's still going. In, in a matter, in a manner of speaking, I, I don't like if we're talking conflicts between nations, then yes. If we're talking unified bodies, because the San Shayum, aside from the Stoics and the Reformists, they don't really have anything except unity, um, which, of course, is the best Assassin's Creed game. So that's fine. Uh <laughs> No, I mean humans. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. It's like ancient humanity was united. Mm-hmm. And in the future, humanity will be united in Halo lore. So where it's at right now, no. But the San Shayum, their war was 100 years. And yeah. I don't think, as far as I'm aware, I, I'm not brushed up on all of human history, of course. But at least in recent years, like recent de- uh, recent centuries, I don't know of any war that lasted a hundred years. There's How... probably some random tribal war in the middle of nowhere that's been raging at least that long. <laughs> How long had the insurrection been going by the time the covenant showed up? The insurrection? Uh, well, let's let's brush up on it real quick because the insurrection they were around. Yeah, not that long. Uh, their whole violent outbursts began around 2495. Like 2494, 2495. So they would have been a problem for about 30 years. Okay, and that's what I'm saying. The insurrection is still around. It sort of just got put. It didn't even get put on pause. It's still it's still going. 
It's still going, but it's not going to be a problem. If they do another trebuchet, it's over. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, the insurrection, they're cool, but, it's like, they're not, like, they're only still breathing because Oni doesn't even consider them that big of a threat. Like, big enough to create something that could easily stomp them out, but not... It's also because they're not centralized. Like, it's it's the outer colonies they're everywhere yeah and they like they're just it's not this this army that they're fighting that they can move in and wipe out and strategically take out in one fell swoop it's it's a it's more of an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people <laughs> no <laughs> you know the only probably not that idea only was probably breathing uh a sigh of relief honestly a little bit when the covenant pulled them and just started getting rid of outer colony worlds for them oh yeah everybody's like ah oh, that one was a real problem <laughs> <laughs> yeah it also justified the unsc a little bit tiny bit unsc is still Only questionable the the organized body itself is questionable but the individual marines are awesome love them <laughs> yeah also i realized after i said it justified the unsc the outer colony still blamed the unsc they were like oh they left us to die to the to the covenant everything that happened with the the covenant was the unsc's fault no matter what perspective you went for it because either it was the covenant isn't real and the UNSC is just trying to find ways to create more laws to hold us down or the covenant is real, but they're not doing anything to stop them from blowing up my hometown or the covenant is real and the UNSC is not strong enough to take them down. So they're useless. You know, it's always something wrong with the UNSC. It's never like, Oh darn, they're trying as hard as they can. You only really got that with the intercolonies. Yeah. The amount of apathy from the uh, the colonies that didn't get glassed or really have any contact with the with the covenant was pretty sad. Yeah. So uh, setting all of those things aside, the the thing that I wanted to mostly branch off into were with the prophets themselves, like the the hierarchs, the ones that we knew from the games. <clears throat> like this is this is purely writing this isn't me trying to comment on their characters or anything like that i've heard arguments recently that truths specific prophet of truths character shift from halo 2 to halo 3 is justified but i'm not entirely sure that i agree <laughs> what exactly was the shift because i had don't really I, the amount of times i've played halo 3 i still like i'm pretty sure my brain turns off half the time so <laughs> well it, it, what, james what, would, what is james, you shift? give the you give the rundown i i'm sorry what and the 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 shift from that prophet of truth faced from in halo 2 to halo 3 what what do you think was like how do you think you could explain how his character changed between those two games that were so that was so drastic? Um. Well, one they changed voice actors. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, but, that's a big problem with this character. And honestly, I think that also is a factor because it just changed the way the performance was given, but also at the same time, 
uh, the prophet of truth, uh, seems to have gone from megalomaniac to full megalomaniac in Halo 3. <laughs> um, to where now, instead of being like kind of conniving and snake-like, he's very bombastic and uh, almost convinced he's already a god. I can see that. I mean, Halo 2, he's still, like, getting everything into position. Then Halo 3, A, the great journey is about to happen. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's like, the thing is, though, is that the, the major differences are usually seen in how he's speaking, how he addresses things. Because yeah. with, with Halo 2, you, you hear him speaking and, you know, you've got, like, the you know the the something of uh halo the destruction of halo was your error and you rightly bear the blame you know you're you're you were right to focus your attention on the flood but this demon this master chief you know destruction of halo was your error the way that he spoke that was much more refined and then yeah. halo 3 opening up to that you know your world will burn until it is but glass. <laughs> and you're like, that's hmm. also speaking to a completely different, uh, like, group. It like is, when he's talking to Arbiter. It, and but he's speaking like Covenant. that for the entire game. And, like, in yeah. Halo 2, he, he did address Chief one time. And it was really kind of relaxed in a way. Like he was angry, but he was still calm and collected. He just, you know, killed the demon. And that was pretty much the gist of it. Like he didn't he didn't get overly angry. He didn't get overly aggressive. He straight up just pushed a button and then just slowly sank into the floor. He wasn't. <laughs> he's just so overconfident about it. Um, and looking at where, where people are going with their argument it, it's like oh by this point you know he's fully let whatever episodes he's been experiencing just take over he's fully lost his mind basically and you know i could see the argument but the problem is is that i have is that that would have to be within mere hours of the end of halo 2 yeah because that does like the first mission of Halo three where not second mission of Halo three, which takes place minutes after the first one is just hours after Chief has crashed. So yeah. it wouldn't check out very much, although that's the thing is like Halo three has a lot of things in it that if you think about them and actually address them, you're like, OK, now I can kind of see where people are saying about Halo three of the three games might have the weakest writing and it's it sucks but at the same time it's like halo 3's point wasn't to to be halo 2 it was to be an explosive ending to a trilogy and it did a great job with that because it's awesome um but it still has some things that are just kind of thrown off with the writing like a lot of people these days, for example, they really don't like how Miranda Keys was changed in Halo 3. Uh, yeah. Because her, aside from her voice actor changing, which 
I honestly thought it was a justified decision. It, it, either way, I just like the voice in Halo 3 better than I do in Halo 2. But in, in the third one, I mean, she's just dumb. <laughs> yeah, I can see what you mean. When I was playing through the games again the most recent time, um, playing Halo 2 sort of gets me the most excited for the story out of playing any of the games, honestly. And I will attribute some of it to the cutscene quality because of Halo 2 Anniversary. Mm -hmm. um, but the voice acting and the just the scene, the um, the settings and all of that, like you really get into the world and get into the, the stuff that's going on. And I, I agree. I think Halo 3, um, I don't know, like you said, it was the focus was to have it more, be more of a explosive ending to the trilogy but i do think they should have focused uh at least a little bit more still have the explosive ending but also focus on having it be a continuation of halo 2 because it is immediately after which it's it's easy to forget because of how different it feels yeah i'm not entirely sure what could have been done though because that's the thing is that halo 2 did a really good job of wrapping up a lot of its loose ends because You've got the Prophet of Truth. He's the last one standing. The other two are dead. Tartarus, dead. Arbiter, he's now working with the humans. You just kind of play with him the entire game. Um, he never really goes off and does his own story like he does in Halo 2. Uh, and you got basically no new characters aside. No, no new characters. Halo 3 has actually no new characters. They're all from Halo 2. So it's like... You could try to make it feel more like Halo 2, but the thing is, is that Halo 3 is a combination of what's going on. The only way that you could have made it more like Halo 2 is if you either put the Arbiter back in the Covenant's hands or if you just randomly had these cutscenes that were like, hey, I'm the prophet of truth. This is what's on my mind right now. Uh, welcome back <laughs> to welcome truth. back to truth vlogs. We're going to talk today about <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Truth Podcast, where we talk about why I was right. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what you're running into when you're playing through the campaign. You run into those little holograms that the Covenant is watching of, the truth, of, spe of truth speaking. And, you know, it's just undoubtedly this is the heretics doing <laughs> the heretics doing. That's, so it does it. It's so funny. That's the only yeah. one that I remember out of all of those because every time I pass it, I mimic him because it's hilarious <laughs> how he delivered that. Um, but I would like to. I want to see the Stoics come back. Like that's that's partially why I'm like I'm trying to convince you that that they're cool, James. Because if they come back, if at some point they make a return, be it mainline or some other spinoff where we end up going to their home world or something. Like the Sanshayum are fascinating in terms of their species and their history. And they were once friends with humanity. So what if that happened again? And also, I just really want to see what a normal Sanshayum uh, looks like in a game outside of uh, novels and other pieces like Halo Legends that are like, this is what the Sanshayum look like. And it's like, but that's what they look like in the game that. They're still looking a little ugly. That's not what they probably looked like real. Um, it's not what they're supposed to look like. Because they're supposed to, they are supposed to be, like, the, the thing about the things, the Sanshayum, the reason why the Forerunners, like, one of the reasons why the Forerunners 
adored them in terms of how they appeared wasn't just because they were a beautiful species by appearance. It was because the San Shayum, you can even see this in how the prophets look, are obsessed with ornate design and being beautiful, covered themselves in shiny objects and luscious clothes and super soft fabrics and stuff. And that was not something that the prophets invented. That was just San Shayum culture. They just they're always adorning themselves in jewelry. They always have necklaces, bracelets, very ridiculously huge ornate designs on their coats and their clothes. And it's I mean, they're a beautiful species for that reason. So I'd love to find that culture just because, like, you know, I've gotten to see the Sangheili homeworld. I've gotten to watch the brood homeworld explode. I've gotten to hear about the Grunt homeworld getting glassed. I want to see the San Shayum homeworld while it's still around. <laughs> yeah, before it gets absolutely destroyed. Because, you know, the Oni just, decides we need to take care of them, too. We just, you know, that's just what we're doing these days. How many Havoc nukes would it take to detonate a planet, you think? Yo, what if we get UNSC versus Oni? <laughs> that's basically what's coming up in Tarkov season two now in production we're working on it baby <laughs> it's in the writing process uh I'm hoping that it drops later this fall so <laughs> that was a good segue right that was smooth yeah I've seen better sweet oh and he's going down baby <laughs> <laughs> What I what I would really love to see, though, is Oni become the new big bad. I would love that. I, I yeah. really would, uh, especially since like one of the biggest things that I've heard, one of the biggest arguments for. No, we can't do Oni. No, we can't do insurrectionists is because and very accurately. So playing against humans is just not really ideal for the Halo play style. Yeah. Uh, first of all, teeny tiny little human beings. Uh, they're small they're thin they're not very like this is not call of duty this is a game where you're a giant dude who runs very fast and jumps very high um the the whole method of shooting at human beings doesn't match very well with the vibe that halo is supposed to carry of you know humanity is united and also gameplay wise the reason why Bungie decided against ever having anything to do with humans is because one of the biggest advantages of fighting against the Covenant is that they have plasma projectile based weapons, not hit scan. Well, I wouldn't be surprised with the way that 343 is taking the focus of Halo if they did like consider um, changing that formula. I'd be totally down for it. I just I just think one of the best ways to do it would be like Oni takes control of this Promethean network or they gain control of some other larger entity because the, the thing is that I would never want to fight Oni up front and close and personal because they don't do that. Um, like if I got to fight a prowler, that's the probably the closest I would want to get to fighting them up front close and personal because that's probably the, the most personal they would get. Maybe taking on other Spartans that Oni has that you know they're they're tasked with special orders to take down other spartans and stuff you get spartan assassins and stuff that'd be man that's like a whole different insane that'd be a whole different thing but like you know there's just so much that you can bring back that's why i want the prophets to come back because like at least to some degree i i like the san shayum and they're still around they're still talked about we have events of them leading up to 2559 that's like 
right before Infinite. So like we know they're still doing stuff. We know they're still out and about and we know that they're showing up in novels still. I mean, heck, some of the Sanshayum are I don't know if they're reformists or stoics, but they're in the banished. So mm-hmm. like they're still around. I just don't know who they represent or anything. But, you know, the banished has everybody basically. So it's like, you know, why not just be like, hey, I want to go back to my home world. No. OK, my bad. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but that's that's basically the James. Did I do anything to to help you with your hatred of the Sanchayum today? No. What? Never. What can I do to alleviate the situation? I will hate them forever. What if I bought you a McDonald's frappe? That is, I don't even like frappes. Right, you were the one that didn't like those. I remember someone in the group told me that. <laughs> okay. I also am not that big of a fan of them. I could have swore it was you that said that before, so now there's two of you? Gosh, I gotta keep track of that. Okay, <laughs> this uh, is getting out of hand. Uh, okay. Um, another, okay, okay. What if, what if I got us another Brooklyn-style pizza from Domino's? Those this suck. has nothing to do. You suck. They're so greasy. They're amazingly tasty. They're, They're the only so thing greasy. you guys make. That's incorrect. Coming from the man who just discovered putting toppings on, probably just discovered that you could put sauce on a pizza when he worked at Domino's. I have been putting toppings on my pizza for a long time. Thank you very I much. I will hold this against you your entire life. <laughs> I want the audience literally... to know that this man ordered noodles with chicken and no sauce when we went to an Italian restaurant. It tastes good. <laughs> But listen no to me, sauce. I sit there, I watch the pizza come out of the oven, and it's just slathered in grease. And I eat the piece of pizza that comes out, and it's just grease. You're eating customers' pizza? No. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Hold on. It just straight up sounded like you're saying you're watching them come out of the oven that you grab a slice. <laughs> I definitely don't cut off a small slice of the pizza every time and try and adjust it so it looks like it's still a full pizza and put it in the box and deliver it every single time. I was, I was <laughs> talking about two separate instances. I watched other Brooklyn pizzas come out. I have eaten a piece of a Brooklyn pizza that someone made that wasn't a customer's pizza. Gonna emphasize that it wasn't a customer's pizza. And I say definitely not. And I save, buddy. Thank you. You won't. No, Brooklyn sucks. Too much grease. Like, like, oh man, that's kind of. I'm sorry, people from Brooklyn. He, I don't know why he said that. <laughs> the pizza. I can't believe he said that all <laughs> of Brooklyn is greasy. <laughs> <laughs> Let it be known. Let this be heard throughout the world. Bryant hates brooklyn <laughs> and right, we're sorry just twist my words why don't you you got it bryant Dang hates it. brooklyn <laughs> <laughs> this was not an invitation ladies and gentlemen we will we will figure that out this problem on our own time without you observing us as we get violent with each other thank you so much for listening to the library today uh talking about the profits and such Uh, If you want to get involved with our community, we do have a discord. I don't know if you've heard about this. I mention it every week. So if you haven't heard it, I understand. Uh, We have a discord discord.gg forward slash jumperscape. That's J-U-M-P scape 
Earthscape, jumper, escape. It's jumper, escape. You got it. Uh, there's a community You're confusing there. the situation. People, listen, okay. J U M P E R scape, jumper, scape. You, you why can't go you spell there? Scape. Maybe people don't have, don't know how to spell scape. J U M P E R S C A P E. There you go. Go there. There are people there. They're actually active. They're doing things in general chat and other chats. I was super excited about that. You should go there and see what they're up to. There's all sorts of really cool things happening all the time. If you want to see what's going on in the after show, because the after show also exists, then you can head over to patreon.com forward slash jumperscape. That's J umperscape. I'm not I'm not spelling it out again. (laughs) You can go there. And I don't know what we're going to be talking about just yet, but, you know, it'll be something related to at least maybe something that we talked about today. Probably not. It'll probably be more like talking about if we like the new update or not. But, you know, that's besides the point. We thank you so much for listening today. Next week, we are going to be discussing. I never have this pulled up, so I never know because I never remember what our schedule is. But it's going to be on topic, surprisingly enough. Oni. Hey. Perfect segue. It's going to be awesome. Oni is going to be the subject, and I am terrified because we got a lot of, I mean, terrified and excited. These next, like, these next probably, like, five weeks are going to be some of the most entertaining episodes that I think we're we're going to have in the entirety of the show, including in five weeks, we have a special episode coming up with some very special guests working on a very special short film. So if you want to see that, then feel free to stick around because you're going to love it. And we thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. The library was produced and published by Jumperscape Audio. Funding was provided by our fantastic patrons on Patreon. Big thanks to Dark Salad 42 and Connor Clark. If you enjoy the show and wish to support Jumperscape's future projects or get some sweet benefits, join our Patreon at patreon.com jumperscape or become part of this truly special community at discord.gg jumperscape. Thank you for your listenership and we hope you enjoyed.